Right. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Sahil Sagal Show, where we interview some unstoppable entrepreneurs who are dominating figures in their businesses. Sahil here, back again with an awesome, insane guest today. So we are going to interview Matt Haycox on our show today, and gonna be knowing about how he has landed over five hundred million dollar to small, medium, and entrepreneur and enterprise companies. Now his story is one of a mistake maker turned into a hugely successful entrepreneur from starting in business at 16 and then bankrupt at 27 he's a funding guru who has lent over as i said 500 million dollars to sme businesses in uk and europe his strength as an investor lies in his knowledge and experience in specific industries particularly finance retail leisure and property He has raised hundreds of thousands of pounds for the Matt Haycox Foundation, starred on national TV, became a social media star, and uses his knowledge and experience to help other businesses and entrepreneurs worldwide. What's up, everyone? This is Sahil here, and welcome to the Sahil Sagal Show, where I'm gonna be interviewing some crazy entrepreneurs out there who started from scratch with no experience, resources, and connections, and then later on became unstoppable and dominating figures in their respective businesses. We're gonna dive deep into the mindset of these super successful entrepreneurs to find out how they did it and how you can model it too. It's time to pick their brains and uncover all the strategies and tactics which these entrepreneurs used to scale their businesses from nowhere to multiple six, seven, and eight figures. Welcome to the Sahil Sagal Show. Now, without any further ado, let's welcome Matt to our show today. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome, Matt. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and honor to have you, man. Let's dive into that show. So, Matt, your journey is again—it's—it's it's really inspiring, and you—you uh, you have been into the space from a de- couple of decades now, a long time. So, can you drop some light on your journey or some maybe major broad strokes about about it? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I could talk for hours and hours about uh, about my backstory. I mean, uh, I've I've been in business now for for literally over twenty five years. Um, I mean, I guess the the quick summary is I I mean, I always wanted to be in business. I you know, as far back as eight, nine, ten years old, I remember wanting to be a, wanting to be a business owner. I always say that it wasn't particularly because I I knew or loved business at that point, but it was just because I wanted to make a lot of money. And uh, you know, back in the late '80s, early '90s, it was very much the belief that the only way to make money was to uh, was to own your own business. I think that coupled with the fact that my dad was uh, he owned his own business as well, you know, probably made me focus on that on that as a journey. I mean, it was absolutely not what my mum wanted. You know, she wanted me to be a, a doctor or a lawyer and go to university and be that kind of stereo. Typical respectable son, uh, but I, you know, I was, I was determined to find my find my own way making money. As a teenager, I tried everything from you know from buying and selling website domain names to to selling products at the market. Uh, my first proper business was working in a family business back when I was 18, 19 years old. It was a, a business my dad had invested in that was failing. Um, you know, I was kind of thrown in the, thrown in at the deep end uh, to to turn it around. Really, not. And I always say I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew everything that I probably shouldn't be doing, which was a, I guess, a combination of some common sense uh, and a lot of the books and things I'd read and studied over the previous years. Uh, but you know, I spent three years in that business. Took it from a three hundred thousand pound loss to a thirty thousand pound profit, uh, and I always say, you know, it wasn't that the numbers were that big. I mean, even 
even in you know 25 years ago 30 grand wasn't very exciting but, but it was just a principle that I'd um, you know I'd I'd kind of uh, uh, been thrown in with so many fires so many so many problems to learn from you know I always say that you know you don't learn from the things that go right you only learn from the things that go wrong and man did I have you know many many things go wrong and many many things to learn from I mean I left that business at 21 22 and I went off to go and uh, set up on my own in uh, in leisure wanted to own bars and clubs uh, again, I didn't really have any qualification to want to do that. But as a you know, 21, 22 year old guy, we think that um, we can, uh, you know, I guess all the money that goes over the till must have been mine. Right. And I, I could own a bar, make loads of money, drink beer and meet girls all at the same time. And that was really the beginning of my, um, I guess, my, my first successful journey on my own. I, I started to open some bars, started to open a strip club um and and then really went from there to scale over the next four or five years uh ultimately by 2008 i was the the biggest strip club operator in the uk i had 65 plus bars clubs and pubs i had a retail store i had a finance business i had you know hotels property developments so, uh you know kind of turned turn my hand to everything but it was a business that was built completely uh on debt uh, I mean, you know, anyone who's old enough to remember the the early 2000s was a time of very, very easily available capital. And I was buying all these businesses and opening all these businesses by borrowing money, uh, money that obviously in hindsight was uh, was not not sensibly priced it was uh, not not sensible terms uh and and the the pressure that that put on put on the business uh all came to a head in june july 2008 uh you know the, the credit crunch again if anyone anyone can remember that time if you can't remember it you've certainly heard about it um and uh the liquidity dried up my lenders stopped lending the fact that they wouldn't lend me anymore ultimately showed the holes in my business um and you know we couldn't we couldn't uh, make ends meet we couldn't service our debt repayments the first lender kind of came after us around august 2008 and within a matter of days i mean literally in a matter of days uh everything was gone uh, all of the businesses mm -hmm. have been put into put into administration uh, i was made personally bankrupt uh and uh, it was uh, it was literally back to square one i mean arguably lower than square one because um you know i was i was now bankrupt and uh and reputationally savaged uh, but uh, you know, I always say I had a had a one year old daughter. I had an ex wife at the time, uh, and I didn't really have time to sit around and uh, and worry about what had happened to me. You know, to feel sorry for myself, to complain. You know, I had a I had a daughter that needed feeding. You know, a wife that needed a roof over her head, uh, and I went back to work the next day, uh, and ultimately, you know, ultimately rebuilt. Uh, a lot quicker and a lot bigger than than I ever was before, uh, and now I've kind of gone from one side of the table to the other. You know, many years as a business owner and a business borrower, uh, kind of, I guess, taking that skill set to move on to the other side of the table, and I'm now a uh, you know an investor and lender and an advisor to businesses as opposed to so much of an operator. Uh, I mean, I still do have some businesses that I do, I do operate, you know, businesses I've, I've invested in, uh, but I try and now bring the capital, you know, the magic source, the experience and uh, and work with uh, work with other chief executives, other business partners who do the day to day heavy lifting. And, uh, you know, I, I try and bring my experience and capital to the table. Oh man, that's quite a journey, bro. You you started at uh, an early age, and with with your as, as you said that you mentioned that uh, you started with your father's business and all. Mm. What specific memory or lesson from those early days had a significant impact on your entrepreneurial mindset? What do you say? Um, 
I mean, what do I remember from back then? I mean, I was just listen. I was just very, very hungry back then. You know, I, I was, I was very impatient. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to. I, I guess you know that the fact I ended up running that business was because, uh, I mean, my father had just retired. He he'd made a very passive investment in this business, and he was kind of sat at home chilling, really. And I'd be coming home from work every day, you know, complaining to him that you know all the staff there, all the other directors and shareholders, you know, they're they're, they're robbing you, they're doing things wrong. Uh, you know, come back to work, come back to work. And I, I just re remember my dad saying, "Look, I've had 25 years of business, I've had 30 years of your mother. <laughs> I, re I really don't need it. Don't need any more stress right now." And ultimately, that's how I. How I ended up taking over because after whatever it was, six, eight, 10, 12 weeks of of um, heavily harassing him, he finally gave in and said, "Look, you know, you, you you get in there and do what you want with it because you can't make it any worse than anybody else." And and I just yeah, all I really remember from that time is uh, is just you know wanting to be desperate to get my hands hands dirty, sleeves rolled up, and um, and and, and trying to try and make money. Oh man. And then after that, the transition that happened, like from that, uh, I think it was a uniform business, right? That you get, uh, your dad it was, was yeah. And then you uh, went into the world of leisure, bars, clubs, and strip clubs, all that. What, what motivated you to enter into that industry? Uh, I mean, the motivation was purely was purely personal enjoyment. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know anything about the business. I didn't know anything about the economics of it, you know, how to operate in it. I just thought, oh, it sounds cool. Sounds cool to own some bars. Uh, you know, make money and and drink and have fun and meet girls. I mean, really, you know, as uh, as flippant as that sounds, that 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 was my only thought process at that time. Uh, are you still involved in that industry? Just I'm still it. involved in that industry. Uh, not obviously not with those particular businesses. Those businesses went uh, went, went bankrupt. But I, I do still have uh, have some bars and clubs. Um, I mean, I don't operate them day to day myself anymore. Uh, but I've got you know four or five big venues around the UK. Okay, that's great. And a couple of minutes ago, you were mentioning so you, you are now playing a lot of roles. If I say borrower, lender, investor, speaker, consultant, coach, podcast host, all that stuff, which role do you love the most? Um, you know, I mean, I, I I love everything I do. You know, I mean, I, I probably, if I, if I didn't, I probably would, probably wouldn't do it. But um, I, I mean, whilst it's not you know directly business, I do I do love the, love hosting the podcast. Um, you know, it get, gets me the opportunity to meet some great people, have some really interesting conversations. You know, where I hear many good stories and and le learn a lot of stuff myself. Um, but then you know, I'd also say that the the fact that I'm a, a lender or an investor to these businesses is great because again, it gives me exposure to to different stories and different problems every day. I think you know what one of the, one of the best things about lending money uh, is is being able to get under the hood of different businesses, you know, to be able to to see other people's problems, you know, fix their situations, um, mm. and 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 also, you know, money's a money's an interesting tool for for bringing out the best and worst in people. Uh, so I, I guess you know, on the on the good side, I get to lend to uh, I get to to lend to all kinds of interesting businesses, all kinds of interesting circumstances. On the flip side, when it comes to repaying the money, uh, when the borrowers can't repay. Uh, it's almost like the world's best people watching experience where I get to sit and listen to absolute lies and rubbish and stories from these uh, from, 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 from these people who uh, who all of a sudden have got a very different story to tell from three months earlier when they borrowed the money. Yeah, that's a that's a different like a kind of a very weird industry in that. What is the major upside that you see in giving debt? It's not easy. I mean, uh, well, like everything I do is secured. 
uh, you know, I'm, all, I'm always taking an asset as security. You know, normally it's a property. You know, maybe it's a you know something like plant and machinery. You know, quite often you know what watches or, or or other other valuable assets like that. So you know, our fallback strategy is always that you know there always is something to fall back onto if they don't pay. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think my, my my advice to anyone who wants to be a lender because nowadays anyone with free capital thinks they're a lender in the same way that you know five or ten years ago probably anyone with free capital thought they were a, a property developer but uh, you know everybody thinks that they they can lend money now lending is very easy uh, yeah. getting paid back is uh, is is what's uh, is is where the skill comes in but i think you know if you, if you want to lend money you need to you need to be be patient and be thick skinned because uh, you know you've got to expect that people don't want to pay you back that they will do yeah, and listen, I'm obviously generalizing here, and I'm being unfair to to many, many uh, you know successful businesses and 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 gentlemen borrowers. But uh, you know, I think in the main, when when somebody is struggling financially, or you know, when when there's a bit of pressure in the business, the first place they look to, uh, I guess, kick that pressure onto is 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 the lenders, and they'll do anything possible not to pay you back. Uh, and you can't mm-hmm. take it personally. You can't get it. You know, you can't get emotionally involved in it. You know, you've just got to make a loan, knowing that you've done it with all the right data in place. You know, with all the right gut feel in place, and you hope it goes right, but you think it'll go wrong. <laughs> and if it does go wrong, uh, then you know you, you, you've got you've got some assets to take back. And that's why for us, being a secured lender is so important. Because if you're doing a, a cash flow based lend, an unsecured lend, uh, where you've got no point of leverage, you know, leverage being the key word that you know you've got to, you've got to have some ability to to force that borrower to pay you back. Right, right, right. And when you were like your journey at your um, journey, there was a point when you went bankrupt and all. Mm. Well, did lending like was the played a major role in that? I mean, well, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, I went bankrupt because I was completely over leveraged. You know, I, I borrowed far too much money and was was un- unable to service it. But you know, one of, I mean what I tell both my borrowers and my investors today is that, you know, the kind of the genesis of my lending business and my lending knowledge came from being a borrower. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and when I went bankrupt, a lot of people lost a lot of money. Uh, And, you know, obviously that's not something that I, you know, I talk about flippantly or, or take lightly. It's, you know, it wasn't, wasn't fun for anybody, but, you know, I guess ultimately I learned why they lost money, why they weren't able to recover money from the situations that went wrong. And we've built our business model accordingly around that so that we don't lose, you know, we don't lose money or we, we, we minimize and mitigate our losses as much as possible. That, that become blessing in disguise kind of stuff. Well, you, you could say that you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. That's great, man. And I, I was listening to one of your interview. Uh, I think you mentioned that when you went bankrupt, all you lose is the money. And how did you develop that kind of mindset, man? Like when you're into this position, you feel like, you know, you don't feel like all that. What was the mindset behind it? Yeah, I mean, look, I guess to, to flesh out what you're saying, I think uh, what I was saying was when I went bankrupt, you know, everybody around me was very much like, oh, my God, you've lost everything. You've lost everything. You know, your, yeah. your, your, your life's over. Uh, you know, you'll never work again. Your credibility's finished. And what I say, and listen, I'm not pretending that I probably thought 
in these terms at the time. I mean, listen, I went back to work again the next day, not because I had some master plan, but because I had no choice. You know, I, I needed to put food on the table. I needed to pay the mortgage. You know, I, I, I needed to to have some money to live on. Um, so, I mean, that was my motivation. It wasn't that I, I had a master plan. But, you know, but what I've learned from that experience and what I look back and what I would advise someone now is that when they say, oh, my God, you lost everything, mm -hmm. I say, actually, the only thing I lost was money. Uh, you know, right. I, I didn't. I didn't lose any experience. I didn't lose any contacts. If anything, I got more experience because I I experienced the whole, you know, the whole situation of bankruptcy, you know, and, and the whole, I guess, journey of the rebound. And listen, I'm not saying that I I'm glad it happened. Obviously, I'm absolutely not glad it happened, and I'd rather rather it didn't. But uh, I think I tell it as a story and a lesson that um, that bankruptcy isn't as catastrophic as people may think, and that uh, you know life absolutely doesn't end at bankruptcy. Yeah, that's so right. I've heard about some people talking about that they don't do business with people who have not at least went bankrupt one time in their whole life and business. <laughs> I mean, I, I I hear the same story. I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not sure how, uh, how 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 true it is for those people. When, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I I see where they I see where the story comes from and where the logic comes from. That you know, like like I said earlier, you learn nothing from the things that go right, right, right. only from the things that go wrong. And uh, you know, I guess ba bankruptcy as long as as long as you've learned from your lessons, you know, as long as you have, uh, I guess, been able to to observe the situation and not make those mistakes again, you know, it's uh, it's some scratches, it's some scars, it's you know, it's some uh, you know, some further experience that that those around you don't have. Right, 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 right on. And in terms of so, let's say if you uh, interesting question, uh, mm. if if you have to start over again, you have played so many roles in that. Which one would you start with so that you can build it up to let's say for first seven figure on fast track well if i had to start again tomorrow i mean i'd be i'd be doing a variant of what i what i did back when i started again you know t 10 or 12 years ago i mean ultimately all i had then and all i would have tomorrow is my is my network well my skills and my network so how how can i monetize my skills uh, and how how can how can I monetize my network? You know, I've got I've got a, a fantastic network, uh, and you know my my key skill is is helping businesses to borrow money, or help helping businesses businesses to raise money. So you know, the first thing I'd be doing tomorrow would be picking the phone up to hammer my contact base uh, and see see what I can do to help who you know who 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 needs what. Does someone want to invest money? Does someone want to lend money? Has somebody got a business problem? Has somebody got a, a connection problem? You know, what what can I do to uh, to to broker a deal between two people. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, I just want to take a turn around, like near, near uh, in the podcast field. So if you have to start over again, if you say that, do you think that because you're running a podcast show office, so mm. you think that would also be one part of it, or you think it can expedite the process? Um, well, I mean, you're know, having the podcast is part of part of my network growth. You know, I mean, I, I've had this my podcast for maybe five years now. I've got something like over 200 audio episodes yeah. and th something like over a thousand videos on YouTube. Uh, mm -hmm. And and that you know the whole time of doing that um, has has allowed me to make some fantastic contacts with you know with some fantastic people. So um, I mean, I, I wouldn't. You know, I'm not saying I'd be specifically using the podcast to go to go and make money from. But what the podcast has certainly done is put people into my network uh, that I would be able to, you know, let's say monetize that relationship with in some way, shape or form. And what was your intent to start your own show? 
You know, when I first started the podcast, it was nothing more than a, um, a, a relatively easy way to create content. You know, I, I mean, we're, go, mm-hmm. we're going back to 2017, 2018. I knew I needed content. You know, I, I needed some online content for social media, for, for Google, for whatever, you know, to, to grow my presence. And I felt that hosting an interview style show uh, would be easier for me to create content than sat there on my own talking to camera. Uh, so if you ask me why did I start it, that's why I started. Now I know what I know now. Uh, I see the value of the podcast in terms of uh, in terms of the framework to be able to allow me to meet people that I wouldn't normally be able to meet. Yeah. Um, and also for the for the chance for other people who want to Google me, who want to do business with me, you know, when they do Google me and they see that I've sat down to host a podcast with 200 plus celebrities or chief executives or, you know, inspiring individuals, you know, it, it gives me it gives me some instant kudos and in, instant credibility. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I I can't advocate enough for people having a podcast. I tell everybody that I believe everybody should have a podcast, but. I've learned that now. I didn't know that five years ago, um, so I won't pretend that's why I did start. Uh, but I think having the podcast has been, you know, one of the greatest decisions in, in in business for me. Oh man, that's great! That's great. And looking ahead, what legacy do you hope to leave in the business world, and how do you envision continuing to make a positive impact in your field? You know, I, I mean, I don't have any any particular, let's say, business aspirations to leave behind. Uh, I mean, I, I do business uh, a because I love it, and b because I want to make money from it. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to pretend it's all for fun, and that I'd still be doing it if I if I didn't get paid anything. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I I I obviously love the fact that I get paid, and I do need to get paid. Um, but I mean, I I, I don't you know legacy for me would be just that you know most people can say matt was a nice guy or matt made a smile or whatever it may be i, you know, I don't really have any any uh any grand plans for legacy i think I'm, I'm also i'm also a realist to the fact that you know probably within six weeks of me being dead very few people other than my uh my daughter or, or my ex-wife will probably even even remember my name uh, and therefore i think i probably worry worry less about legacy and more about how i want to live my life today knowing that when i'm dead no one will give a fuck about me ah. if that makes if that makes sense yeah. I don't know. you might you on. might you might have to bleep me out i don't know if i'm allowed to swear <laughs> <laughs> no that's fine <laughs> that at least it's it's unfiltered so i i like the candid ones yeah. you know what, what what is the next thing that you are working on these days what is the next thing for me uh I'm actually working at the minute on trying on trying to consolidate some of the businesses that I've got. I think you know over the last two or three years, I've gone a bit uh, a bit wild in taking too many things on. Uh, you know, investing in too many businesses, starting too many businesses, having you know probably too many things going on from a personal level. And you know, over the last few months, I've really realised how I guess what a level of stress that's put on me that I don't need or or enjoy. Um, so I've been trying to. You know, I say take a step back, not because I'm wanting to uh, wanting to retire or be lazy or anything by 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 any means. You know, I'll, I'll still want to do the same amount of work. You know, still still got the same same amount of work hours in the day. But uh, you know, I want to be able to give more time to less things and 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 do do a do a better job of those. Uh, also, one of the ways for me to try and uh, create some some stability is to is to grow a better team around some of the businesses I've got as well. You know, I've I've not been a I haven't been a great recruiter over the years. I mean, I, I have some one or two 
absolutely amazing staff who've been with me for 10, 15 years plus. I've got some good staff who have been with me over the last couple of years. But in, in the main, I've suffered by not having enough of the right people around, not having enough quality people around. And therefore, I've had to do too much. And that's just, you know, again, brought a, brought a level of stress that I've, uh, I've, I've not really enjoyed of late. So, yeah, I think, you know, for, for me, uh, it's, uh, it's about getting some, continuing to get things right that I'm still getting wrong. Uh, that, that that's a learning uh, that's uh, never ending stuff and uh, along those lines let's say you you're running multiple businesses if i have to put them into three buckets let's say six seven and eight figure mm. how many businesses at six figure level would you say someone should focus on and at seven figure and at eight figure how the whole journey map would you craft for someone it would be helpful for our audience well yeah you know i guess if you've got a six figure business then i would say that you should be concentrating solely on that six figure business because mm-hmm. because you want to make you want to make it a seven figure business now mm-hmm. what you would then probably get some people to say now you've got that seven figure business do you want to start another another six figure business but i would argue that if you've if you've learnt uh, i guess if you've been through the pain of going from six to seven figures and if mm-hmm. you've got uh, you know if you've got an organization and an infrastructure that can continue to grow at that point i would probably continue to be applying my efforts to that seven figure business to take it to take it to an eight figure business now when you get to the eight figure business you've probably then got then got a decision to make of uh, you know do you keep pushing with that or is now is now time to start something else as well now i kind of answer this question almost as someone who's who's arguably done it wrong i mean i mean i've had you know i've i've had and have got lots of businesses you know um I don't really have any six-figure businesses, but I've got multiple seven-figure businesses and and you know a, a couple of eight-figure businesses. And I think you know, in hindsight, I've I've probably spread myself too thin too too many times. And you know, I mm. could have I could have had less seven-figure businesses, you know, to, to make to make more eight figures or or to, or to make that eight-figure business business stronger. I think um, mm. you know, there's. <laughs> it's obviously very fashionable on social media to talk about multiple streams of income. Um, And don't get me wrong. I think, I think it's important to have multiple levels or levels of protection. Uh, But there's a balance, there's a balance between multiple streams of income to protect Mm -hmm. yourself and then having too many distractions that stop you, um, stop you making a, a great success out out of out of what what you know what a core business is and you know i mean a, an example i quite often see that is like in property for example you know when somebody goes and buys i mean uh, you know you said you said you're in canada i don't really know canadian cities but let's let's say say, say you're in america you know, somebody goes and buys a house in los angeles or another you know a couple of houses in los angeles they then want to buy a third property to invest in and they say oh i found something in chicago oh, i found this property development development in miami Mm. And they can all, they can always make an excuse for just uh, an excuse and justification for diversification. But I would argue that you know you should be constant if you started in Los Angeles, you should be concentrating in Los Angeles for you know for, for a lot longer before you before you think about think about diversifying. You know, learn as much as you can about that area. Have the ability to you know to benefit from economies of scale. You know, for your knowledge to compound and compound before before you start spreading yourself too thin again. So I think look, yes, we all. Need need we all need some risk mitigators you know if, if you if you lost a business you know how would you continue to pay you know to pay your bills for example uh but but you've got to be very careful not to uh not to go from protection to uh to distraction i love this man it's like keeping it lean simplified and focus on more on adding more infrastructure and systems to 
keep it going basically from six to seven to eight rather than adding more stuff on your plate well I, ultimately if, if you look if you look at the really really wealthy guys mm-hmm. uh you know the the, the the eight-figure business owners you know the guys worth hundreds of millions of guys worth billions you know all of these people have done it in one particular business you know that 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 you know there's no okay you you might say someone in venture capital owns a hundred companies okay maybe they do but they but they've made their money in venture capital you know whether it's you know zuckerberg with facebook you know whether whether it was you know musk with tesla i mean maybe he's not maybe he's a worse example because he's a such a unique character you know found founding so many you know billion dollar businesses but if you you look at all the really successful people all the billionaires you know they've done it in one particular business you know they weren't they weren't messing around doing a bit of this and a bit of that and sure when they've got big wealth then their personal you know personal wealth strategies will involve investing in stocks and shares and investing in properties and whatever it may be but their core core business you know it's all it's always been one business that they've uh, they've kind of devoted their working life to yeah that, that makes sense man thank you so much for sharing that it's a gold pieces what's the one advice you're gonna share with our listeners who are listening or watching and where they can find more about you if they want to go online check on i think look what one piece of advice for me is is from me rather is the power of partnerships uh i think you know a, a mistake i made in my earlier years was trying to do trying to do everything myself or rather trying to own everything myself you know i thought you know i had to be the 100% shareholder i had to be the boss of everything mm-hmm. um you know which was uh, clearly driven by ego um whereas now you know I, i really see the value of being able to to go go faster and go farther uh, by by partnering up with the right people uh, you know whether that's financial partners distribution partners marketing partners you know whatever it is you know don't be don't be uh, embarrassed that you know taking on partners is 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 dilute is diluting you you know em- embrace that ability to go further uh, and i'll give you two things i'd also say uh, just never stop learning and and, and for new business owners uh, any anyone quite young into business you know just remember that you know nothing you know that it's is because the barrier to entry in business is so low you know you can be you can do be doing nothing today and tomorrow started your own business people you know immediately think oh because i'm a business owner i've got this great level of knowledge or well, you haven't i mean you've been in business two days or a year or two years you know which which is nothing in the grand scheme of things if you've been playing football for a year or tennis for two years you wouldn't possibly think that you deserve to be kicking a ball you know on the manchester city pitch or you know play, playing tennis at wimbledon uh i think you know, don't make that mistake same mistake in business you know always always be wanting to learn more always be wanting to learn from other people so uh, they're my i guess my two two different pieces of advice you know whatever stage of the game you're at and uh, and yeah if you want to find more about me i mean i am uh, i'm matt haycox that's m a t t and h a y c o x i'm matt haycox on all things social i'm pretty active on social uh, like uh, like you say i've got a podcast i've got a newsletter got a website that's uh, jam packed with juicy blogs videos and information and uh, you know i always interact love getting questions love giving answers so you yeah, know c- come and find me online and uh, you know i hope i can be a uh, give some advice and some use to some of your listeners that's awesome man that's awesome thank you so much man for sharing that and i'm going to drop this link uh, under the show notes so you guys can go check out his stuff podcast show yeah so much stuff trainings coaching consulting you guys can go over there again thank you so much matt for coming on sharing these all cool pieces you have been gracious with your time man thank you so much once again thanks sir absolutely people who are watching or listening us will be coming up with another episode very soon till then stay tuned take care bye everyone 
thank you so much for listening to the podcast and if you have enjoyed this episode make sure to visit dreamclientsecrets.com to get more information about how you can grow and scale your online business and if you love this show don't forget to leave me a five star review and i will see you in the next episode